Welcome to Connected World, a podcast created for engineers to learn about the latest technology trends, creating a safer, sustainable, productive, and connected future. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connected World, a podcast from the experts at TE Connectivity. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and today we're talking about urban air mobility power distribution with Bruce Conway. He's the principal scientist for AD&M Wire Development at TE Connectivity. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, very good to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today, Bruce, and I I think it would be a good idea just as we get started uh, to give everyone a sense of your background, uh, a little bit of your history, and also your your role at TE Connectivity. What does it mean to be the principal scientist there for wire development? So uh, just kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm actually a second generation um, Silicon Valley engineer, uh, backgrounds applied physics. I've worked in advanced development most of my career, an awful lot of it with TE and originally with Raychem worked my way up through advanced development for the last 20 years or so. Uh, I'm now uh, with the Wire Development Group, and the reason wound up over here is that a lot of my interests have to do with energy and space, and uh, we're, we make a lot of inroads into uh, both of those here. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. So today we want to talk a little bit more about some of the power needs for EV toll vehicles, uh, you know, over traditional aerospace design. So what are some of those unique power needs that that, that an EV toll has that, that maybe other traditional aerospace designs don't have or don't need? Well, in the traditional designs, you have a generation plant and a power bus and you're simply hanging devices off of that. Everything's uh, a consu- uh, just a consumer from that. The main power is being produced by the engines and is consumed by the engines. Uh, in the case of eVTOL, you have a battery plant and you have the distribution of the battery plant either through converters or uh, directly to uh, the lift engines. Now, those lift engines can be in a variety of different architectures, everything from a li- something linearly fed or something uh, that requires um, um, a network. Uh, for doing current and power sharing. That's very, uh, very great departure from uh, traditional um, architectures. Also, uh, in generally with um, traditional systems, uh, you're simply running power one direction. Uh, with EV tolls, you also have a charge path, and that charge path can uh, be very challenging. So given those, uh, given those unique power needs uh, that, that you were discussing and the fact that you work in wire development, uh, tell me a little bit more about how this creates challenges when it comes to power cabling. What does that look like for you? The, the biggest issue with it is EV tolls, every kilogram counts. You have a battery plant, and the battery plant is really the enabling technology here. They come in with batteries at a little over one megajoule per kilogram, which is the specific energy. That's really the threshold for electric flight. So every single joule of energy is important. You need to be able to get it from the battery to the um, the pods, the engines, uh, very efficiently. Uh, also, EV tolls tend to be very light and very small. You have a great deal of problems with routing, uh, with power density, with um, uh, ohmic losses, and there's a number of ways you can uh, go ahead and compensate for that, and, uh, including raising voltage, uh, non-traditional geometries, and again, like I said, uh, networks rather than linear feeding. Hmm. So how complex do these cables end up being once they're completed? You know, well, once you've kind of completed all of it, the various aspects and, and uh, compensated for all of the challenges that, um, that are required to, uh, to be taken into account for EV tolls, uh, how complex are these, uh, are these cables? You know, when you start talking about cables or wire, people 
look at it and they just see a wire. Uh, when it's finished, it looks simple. But the reality is, is that for a lot of cables, because of the very unique requirements, such as everything from uh, corona inception to um, uh, high temperature, they all require very unique developments in materials. You know, the Raychem pedigree we have with TE has addressed that. We literally have things that have left the solar system even. So it has a lot of unique problems just in the design. Now, that being said, that's traditional round wire. One of the things with EV tolls that's very important is cross-section. Uh, we're looking at a lot of um, varied geometries uh, as well, going outside traditional wire. Uh, so be it either individual large gauge equivalent flat densified cables to um, uh, one of our products called the TU that's actually been around for quite some time being reapplied to VTOLs. That's a flat um, uh, power carrying ribbon cable would complete with its own connector system. So you really for EVTOLs, you have to think outside the box for um, uh, flexibility, for size, uh, for cross-section, not just overall size. And then, of course, there's also a, the weight aspect, uh, which is every every ounce counts. Yeah, and that kind of takes me exactly where I wanted to go, and that was talking about size, weight, and power. So um, we, we, you've brought this up a couple of different times now, just talking about um, EV tools tend to be light and smaller and, and, and that sort of thing. So how does urban air mobility take this idea of size, weight, and power and kind of um, these things, I guess, combine to make for um, an interesting challenge that takes things to the next level? Well, that acronym uh, also, SWAP, size, weight, and power, is very mm -hmm. common in the aerospace industry. The large airframe manufacturers are concerned with it as well. About every kilogram of weight you take off a medium to large size airframe, you save up to $750 for the lifetime of the airplane on fuel. So they're very concerned with it as well. But eVTOL, again, every joule counts. If you waste energy, rather than 20 minutes in the air, you may get five. So... We need to look at the size of it for being able to do the routing. Every kilogram we shave off of it uh, means greater lift uh, uh, and longer flight time. And then uh, power, being able to handle power in a smaller uh, conductor. And again, that again, that's two ways. Uh, and this is the big one, that when you're charging these systems, that pathway may have to carry as much as eight times the current that you would for the discharge. And um, it's brought up things like doing direct battery connections for the charge cables. And we do have uh, some options for that that are, are being worked on. That way you don't have to carry the charge cable aloft. Or if you do, being able to do it with um, a new type of uh, flexible bus bar that uh, maximizes the current carrying capability while still keeping the weight under control. I mean, there's really one more uh, word to that acronym we've kind of added on, and that's uh, flexibility. EVTOLs, if uh, there's two basic designs, I mean, you have the one that's sort of a pseudo helicopter with multiple pods all arranged together overhead fixed. You have also then a lot of ones with rotating pods or slash rotating wings. So many times um, we have to look at um, cables that actually can be flexed or rotated uh, that we call that dynamic uh, uh, bending. Uh, static bending, we have our cables designed for that for a lot of the airframe manufacturers, but dynamic bending is a whole other animal. And um, we have seen an awful lot of that being required. And in small spaces, so your service loops are not that big for doing the bends. 
that's really interesting. Yeah, that that does present uh, just interesting challenges and interesting conversations that I, I would think to be to be had. Um, and uh, yeah, so when I think about this, I, I think this is all extremely exciting. But what excites you for the future? And, and, and as someone that that works in this day in day out, and you're seeing the development of these things, uh, how excited are you? And what particular things uh, kind of get you going and, and uh, excite you about the future of VVTOL? Well, to begin with, I'm of that age range. I was brought up on uh, cartoons like the Jetsons. So <laughs> always watching the, the flying car and the opening sequence, everybody wants one of those. And the idea of small personal aircraft, I've seen estimates of that or inroads into that all my life. Uh, even things from the 1930s, watching gyrocopters and everything that were uh, being developed back then. Uh, to me, it's just a, a very interesting, exciting thing for the 21st century that we're actually approaching this point where this isn't science fiction anymore. This is actual reality. There are these companies that are realistically going to be having air taxis in the next four to five years. Uh, some would argue sooner. And uh, it just it's a once in a lifetime career opportunity to be involved in an industry like this. You get to take something like wire, which is a reasonably static thing, and you have to reinvent it. I mean, we're talking right now talking about the um, geometry and uh, insulation chemistry. But there's also, for the long run, things like um, CNT, which is carbon nanotube. If that technology matures, it'll change virtually everything. It'd be very exciting to be uh, around when that happens. You can have a 24-gauge wire that could carry the same current as a, a quadruple aught if that uh, uh, technology is perfected. So that'll change the whole game. To me, it's just seeing this technology finally uh, starting to become reality rather than science fiction. Yeah, I know you held uh, an internal symposium uh, with uh, some folks from TE Connectivity um, to really kind of share the fact that this is becoming a reality. Uh, what was the reaction to that? Are, are there still people that, that maybe aren't aware of how, maybe how close this is to really becoming a thing that, that we see on a regular basis? Well, the whole reason for the symposium was internally at TE, we have huge engineering uh, community in TE. You know, TE is about 57,000 employees. And but we're all in different divisions. And this uh, we once a year host a um, internal conference for technology. And this was a wondrous opportunity to be able to talk to everybody from all the different divisions. And yeah, trying to get the point across. This isn't science fiction anymore. This is real. And uh, it was wildly successful. It really did start our effort internally to do this development, bringing in everything from our terrestrial power, our rail group, uh, from uh, automotive, which has already done huge amounts of work for electric vehicles. It was a um, definite consensus builder. And um, uh, that and giving everybody a small uh, UAM to take home really helped. <laughs> <laughs> What are some of the, the major developments that you see coming down the road then that uh, that you think, okay, um, if this is going to be something we see regularly in four or five years, what, what sorts of things do you think uh, are the next hurdles that will be cleared uh, in, in the in the roadway to making this uh, this a reality? From the wiring point of view, our, our big thing is being able to go up in power density, lower weight, and also uh, go up in frequency. There's some real need to be able to drive the motors directly with, you know, uh, multi-kilohertz uh, power cables. So mm -hmm. that, that's a distinct possibility. I mean, overall, 
for this industry to really the next true hurdle uh, is the battery plant. I mean, the uh, frequency converters, the distribution networks, the uh, lift engines are all maturing reasonably quickly. The battery plant, uh, as I said, is at that specific energy of around uh, one megajoule per kilogram. When that hits two to three megajoules per kilogram, you will see this really start to take off. And also you'll start seeing it evolve into electrically assisted flight for regional aircraft. If it hits 10 megajoules, 15 megajoules per kilogram, you will see it displacing uh, traditional fossil fuel driven aircraft. So it's going to be an exciting thing, but that's the big hurdle, the, the, uh, the being able to carry enough energy aloft to be able to um, uh, power flight for a reasonable amount of time with a um, uh, enough lift capacity. Well, it's certainly an exciting time, Bruce, and uh, and I can't wait to continue to see uh, what uh, work you uh, you find folks and uh, and brilliant minds at TE Connectivity continue to uh, to do to make this all uh, possible for us. And so uh, it's an exciting time, Bruce. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or conclusions or anything that you'd like to leave our audience with today as we uh, as we begin to wrap up this episode? Well, I do want to invite them to uh, to definitely uh, contact us with any any mm-hmm. needs they have, and if you want to. S- we have a interactive tool that's even available that shows how to configure your architectures. And if um, you want to um, uh, check that out on our website at uh, www.te.com forward slash urban dash air dash mobility, please do so. Uh, also feel free to look me up on LinkedIn if you wish to, uh, uh, to contact me directly. And I'll be more than happy to either answer your questions or uh, direct you to the appropriate party. There you go. Fantastic stuff there from Bruce Conway, Principal Scientist at AD&M Wired Development at TE Connectivity. Bruce, thank you again so much for joining us here on the podcast and uh, and sharing some amazing insight with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. And everyone, you heard Bruce, uh, you can reach out to him and you can visit the website that he listed as well uh, to get more information, to learn more about everything that TE Connectivity is doing in this world. And stay tuned for more episodes as we continue to uh, to talk about urban air mobility here on the podcast and uh, continue to dive into some of these really exciting topics. You don't want to miss a single episode, so make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts these days to stay up to date with the latest from the fine folks at TE Connectivity. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the podcast. But for this one today, for my guest, Bruce Conway, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us. 